Thanks for listening. The following is an audio presentation from High Country Christian Church. For more information, please visit www.highcountrychristian.com. Yesterday we had such a great time, and I, I want you to know something. We don't, we don't have to do anything except enjoy one another because uh, Jesus lives in us. And when we expose him to others, we plant seeds of love. That's what he means for us to do. The scriptures are very clear. Every, every word in the Bible points to, to one thing, and that is a perfect plan of God to introduce people who need to know him for eternity. And so consequently, all of us in this room, I suspect in 100 years, we won't be here. Maybe Josh, but we won't be here. I don't know how old Josh is, but I don't think he's over 100 yet. But my point is, we're temporary. But the message we carry is eternal. You see, we, we are vessels carrying an eternal message that was invested in us. And God's called us to go and make disciples. He didn't make a mistake when he chose us because he said when he chose us, faithful is he who called you and he will do it. Our problem is we, we have a spiritual charley horse and we can't get past the fact that we have to do it somehow. So if I'm, a, if I'm alive on this earth for 10 days or 10 years, or 100 years, if I'm not joined to him and his purpose, then I will have missed bringing that faithful seed that he's given to me to somebody else. I could impress you with my theology and my, my scholarship. Not. <laughs> I'm just a guy. You know, I, I love Jesus more than anything else, and I can tell you now that my first... Uh, my first experience with a, a doctorate of ministry from Princeton Theological Seminary was a man who said, I discovered God. And he said, my PhD stands for postal digger. So I, I want you to know that when we reach the place where we're known by our relationship with God rather than some title that we put in, invested ourselves, and sometimes we find out there are so, certain people that can actually bribe the system to get a degree. Can't bribe God. And I have a degree. It's called the degree of knowledge in him and his kingdom that I can pass on through the love of God. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son so that we can become messengers of the same way. These words are up here. It says remnant. Uh, I began to teach about this remnant some time ago, and perhaps you have been exposed to some teachings about the remnant. But what I want to share is God, he loves the whole. He loves, he loves the whole thing, but he guards the remnant. This is what the scriptures say. He guards the remnant. And so out of the Old Testament, we see very clearly uh, his, his zeal and his protection for the remnant is there. And we're going to look at some of those scriptures very quickly here in a moment. But he had a remnant that moved from the Old Testament into the New. And that remnant was 120 people in an upper room. 
I thought the remnant must be, be those people when, when Jesus said, are all of you going to leave me because of what I said? No, those who knew him were called together in the upper room. Men, women, children. They were all there. Even Jesus' mother was there. What I want to say about that is this. We have this picture of, uh, I don't know, white smoke coming out of this upper room or whatever. I don't know what you think the upper room was about, but they were there and they were praying fervently in one, in one mind. And they had a lot of questions. Now, the reason they had a lot of questions is because Jesus just walked with them for 40 days in a resurrected body. See, we don't remember that. We think, oh, you know, we, we see him all the way. No, at the time of the resurrection, he went to be with the Father in a different way, and I can prove that by Scripture to you. We'll do that another time. Josh can prove it. He knows where it is. But when we, when we see Jesus standing outside the tomb, he's not recognizable because of the, he overshadowed everything that was there. In other words, his light was so bright that everything else couldn't be seen, even, his, and even who he was. And so, when they recognized him, when the women recognized him, by the way, I'm glad you said it was Good Friday next week, but today is Palm Sunday. Remember to tell Lois that I said that. Okay, she said, you must remember to say it's Palm Sunday. It's Palm Sunday. All right, we got that. But I am talking about that right now because this is the the end result of that week of passion. It's so important to see this. So, she didn't recognize him at first. When he spoke, she recognized him. Then she wanted to touch him. He said, no, no, uh, not now because I haven't yet been to the Father. And so, in a matter of hours, day or whatever it was, I don't know exactly, uh, he appears to them in a room where they gathered together, and they were hiding there because they were afraid they were next. That's why they were hiding. They were being secret about this whole thing. And so the disciples were there because they had, been, they had now been aware of the resurrection. Now they're there, and, um, and Jesus is there too. He appeared to them the same way that he appeared to the two men on the road to Damascus. That's important because he just appeared. He wasn't there, and then he was there. And so when he's there, now we have doubting Thomas. You know, all those passages. He, you know, he didn't believe. He's, he's put your hand in my side. Here are the, here are the nail holes and all this stuff. And uh, so he said, and give me something to eat. He had a resurrected body. He's standing there as, in a, in a sense, a reflection of what he stood before the Father in the throne room, throne room when he went there as a lamb that was slain and received the scroll. I don't, you know, time-wise, time I don't know how that looks to you or works to you, but I know this, that Jesus did see the Father before he allowed them to touch him. Let me say this to you. I believe the remnant is touched. But we really don't know it until he speaks to us. That happened at the tomb when he spoke to Mary immediately. She knew. And then 
later on uh, when we find ourselves at this place of, of uh, in, the, in the room where he came back as a resurrected body, the disciples are there, he appears. The word is suddenly. I love that word. You can't make it happen slowly. It's suddenly. You, that revelation is there. And then they knew. But the, some of them didn't believe because, he, he, you know, have, have I not been with you? You don't know the Father. And he, he just kind of was like saying those things. But then in his speaking, there was a knowledge. He really is here. On the road when the two were walking, suddenly there were three. God lucks suddenly. I really do believe that. Suddenly is a part of the revelation. Revelation is a, pers- a personal knowledge of him, and I know that he's there. I've, wa- I've walked for years. I didn't know him. And then suddenly, don't you love people who have that suddenly experience? Because they don't know what to do with it either. And so as these two walked, and um, they said, did not our hearts burn? with the word that he spoke to us. I believe that the remnant is to have a burning heart because he speaks to us. And um, don't neglect the suddenlies. That's what I would say to you. As we begin to look at this together, I'm gonna, this is going to be a brief overview because I, I don't have three days here. <clears throat> I do have, but I'm not going to take it. I got carte blanche, I said a moment ago. The remnant... The remnant is a part of the whole, and God loves the whole, but he will, he, with zeal, he guards the remnant because he knows there has to be a vehicle to carry the authentic truth of the message of the gospel into another generation. This is, the family of God is not about old folks. It's about new folks. My life has been to work with leaders, uh, I love church. I love church as a whole. I, I, I'm a good pastor. I really am. I, I can say that humbly because uh, my wife says I'm a good pastor. My mother said, no, you're not a good pastor. You'll never make it. And I said, why? And she said, I listen to those tapes that you do on Sunday and you send them to me. I said, yes. She said, you never take an offering. So, Good pastors, I guess, by my mother's standard, take offerings. I don't know. But I say that this because my mother also said, when she saw me walking with the Lord, she was offended. She said, why do you condemn us? I never did. But she came all the way around that she's secretly watching the tapes now. And she wanted to tell me that I need to to straighten up and take the offering because if I don't, it's not going to work, you know. Well... God bless my mom. She's the only one who calls me Donnie. The only one who calls me Donnie. And and so she has a special name for me. And uh, she has a special love for me. Not that she didn't love the others, but she loved me too. And that's important. So the remnant is really important to God. Because he sees the remnant as the as a vessel, it's going to carry an authentic message into the next generation. And so he has special thoughts about that. What is the remnant? It's, it's uh, the Lord's strategy to destroy Babylon in the Old Testament, in Isaiah 14.22. I think I can put that up there right now. I think. 
I love this because he's talking about a remnant, but he's not talking about a remnant of the Lord here. He's talking about a remnant of Babylon. And he says, For I will rise up against them, says the Lord of hosts, and cut them off from Babylon. The name and remnant and offspring and posterity, says the Lord. In other words, if you're going to kill something, you need to cut the remnant off. And he knows that. This is his strategy to deal with Babylon. And so I say that because he is dealing still with the enemy to guard the remnant of his church. Thank God he's on my side. In that day, the Lord of hosts will be for a crown of glory and a diadem of beauty to the remnant of his people. Not just any people, his people. You see, I think that the remnant is not going to be found in just any people. It's his people who know him. We are the ones who know that remnant, and he knows us. We know the remnant because he has affirmed that in us. And the remnant who have escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. For out of Jerusalem shall go a remnant of those who escape from Mount Zion. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. We can't do it on our own. It's important for us to see that, I think. That without him, this is not going to work. Being a remnant in his house, we can rely on his cover and his care. Isaiah 46, 2 through 4. They stoop, they bow down together. They could not deliver the burden, but have themselves gone into captivity. Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about the church being taken, held captive. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel who have been held, upheld by me from birth and have been carried from the womb, even to your old age. I am he, and even to gray hairs, I will carry you. I, will, I have made, and I will bear, even I will carry and will deliver you. He's talking about the remnant. There was a remnant that was taken into Egypt, held captive. Now, the Pharaoh thought he was in charge. The only thing he was in charge of was feeding the remnant and taking care of them, so they multiplied. They became huge in number, and they were healthy, and they were well because they were there. And so he gave them wisdom while they were there, and... uh, and so, actually, they were there as a remnant being protected for a purpose. They were holy, guys, yesterday, they were holy and set apart for a particular purpose. That whole group, God led them out of Egypt. The remnant grew, now it was a whole piece again. It was, it was, they, they, they say this church was millions of people before it left Egypt even. Now they're in the wilderness, the remnant. I don't know about you, but when you go into wilderness with that many people, life is short. Except God fed them, he kept them, they moved on, and the only ones he lost in the desert in that wilderness was the stragglers that were not 
part of the whole. So he said, I'm going to send a pillar of fire, a pillar of smoke. Follow that. You'll know where to go. Don't settle down. It's a remnant. You're moving ahead. It took 400 years in captivity while the, while the world was watching and wondering what happened to this, this people. But he kept them, and they multiplied. And the stories, I mean, you read these stories, you say, oh, my goodness. Because God was moving toward the upper room where we would have another remnant experience. In 40 years, they crossed through that desert, and none of the people who came out of Egypt went into the promised land. It was only the remnant of those people. You see, I believe that transitions cause us to see a whole transitioning, but God will protect the remnant. I want to be a part of that remnant. I don't want to be part of the whole that I'm left behind. I want to be part of the remnant. And so that's why I teach on this subject, because I feel that everybody should have the heart of being part of the remnant. It's not just 120. The remnant could be 1.2 million. Or it could be one. So the number is important. The connection is important. Because if you're connected to the authentic God who lives in you, and you understand that he lives here, all of him, and you can walk connected, you're a part of a remnant that hears his voice, you represent him, and you move forward. And no matter where you go, he's going to protect and guard that remnant. He's a good God, but he also is a God who sees what we do. So, as we, what, you told me what time we end here before three, right? Yeah, okay. Come on, Josh, help me here. When, what, when do you want me to quit? I'm going to ask the grandmothers. They'll know. Another 10 minutes? Five? 20. Okay. That's good. I, I can do this in 20 because he said to do it. He's going to do it. All right. When I go here, I look at this, and I said, but I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. Don't you want to be a part of the remnant? It's his business. He's the one who calls them out and gathers them together. It's interesting because I asked the guys yesterday, I said, who, who in this room, in that group, was born here in the mountains? There was only two people. The rest of them were gathered out of other places. If I had time to, to look into it, I have an idea you came from other streams of Christianity. From Catholicism, from uh, the Baptist, or whatever names that you want to put on them. But I can tell you now, it doesn't matter what name was on that stream. If you truly desire to be the remnant of God, to carry his authentic message into another generation, uh, it doesn't matter because you're part of the remnant. I believe that in every church, they're a part of his remnant. Every church family, every church building, the big ones, the small ones, it doesn't matter because everyone is, is salted with a remnant. The remnant is a threatening, a threatening identity to those who see it because they see God in the remnant. They see his power. They see his love. They see you manifesting a love toward others. And so consequently, the remnant 
is threatening to religious systems. Why didn't God just simply bring the remnant together and we can all be happy together in one house? Well, no. It's scattered all over. All over. And that's why he said he, he needs to call from other nations, other people. They, they, they come together because they are a part of the remnant that he's protecting. So when I look at a church, it doesn't matter I'm talking about church builder or even church family. By the way, I think everybody needs to know um, a, a spiritual community that they can embrace and love and trust. Now, how do you do that? Because not all, all communities, they, not all communities really are they're the remnant. So when somebody comes through the door, they're going to be looking for God. Where are they going to see him? I don't think so. That's pretty. But I can't see God there. See? That, that, this, this stained glass can't love me the way you can love me. So when the glass is gone, I'm not going to look for the glass. I'm going to look for you. And so I say this not... not I'm not objecting to or dissing anything that we do to glorify God with our art and our creativity. That's what this is about. But I want you to know that this without the remnant in the church is in trouble. So I feel like we need to honestly embrace our remnant status. It's interesting because the remnant grows when it takes root. In other words, it becomes bigger. If we can recognize within the faith community we belong, those who are truly in love with Jesus and are carrying that message to another generation, you are a part of the remnant. And you recognize that, you can be a part of the remnant. It's not by linking elbows with them, it's by connecting your heart to him in a very powerful way. See, I, I love this church. I love the name of the church. This is great. Oh, man, I, I feel like home. When I come to the mountains, I was born in the mountains. I was born in the, the, um, the Endless Mountains in Pennsylvania. That's where I was born. And I think that might be an extension of the same mountains that are here. I mean, it goes right up that way, you know. But at any rate, my connection to this church is not for the mountains. It's with a remnant. My heart was broken. I'll, I'll just share this with you. My heart was broken when Josh said, I'm going to the mountain." I'm going to go there, and we're going, to, we're going to pioneer a church. I said, Brianne, on board with this? She said, oh, yes, she wants to go. I didn't ask her why, but I have an idea that this is where her roots are, her family. She fell in love with a, a man who, who's not from here. And so, Josh, you're a remnant from someplace else. But when you come to the mountains, and he came, I, I thought I lost something. I was walking with him, and I, I expected him to be a pastor. As a matter of fact, I've told him that face to face. I mean, I didn't spread that. I just told him. And um, I thought he was going to do that in Florida. And um, when he announced that day, by the way, good things can happen in Cracker Barrel. Okay, I'll just say that. When he announced that to me that day, I immediately took another position with him. I had a position of speaking into his life as a, as a man who was local and went working with another generation. Now the position was I needed to help him 
continue to stand. Good leaders who succeed, uh, I, don't, I don't feel we need to teach them how to not fail. We need to teach them how to get up again. See, good leaders get up again and again and again and again. So I think if I'm going to equip a leader in the church, what I need to say to them, here's how you stand up and here's how you get up again. Now, there are, I don't want to go in there. There's there certain things that that leader needs to do in his life so he knows there are people who will stand with him. When I came to the place, as a grown man, my sons are basically out of the house except for my youngest son. I was fired from my job. I like to say I resigned. I was fired from my job. That's what it was. They didn't like the remnant that was in the business where I was. And afterwards, I found out the reason that they let me go was because they could not have me committed to anything but those board of directors. They paid me enough. They wanted my total attention and my total passion for them. They found out I was pioneering a church. They just couldn't deal with it. And I'm telling you, the remnant creates problems. Wherever you go, if there's religious structures that's demanding something from the remnant, it's going to be problems. I like to tell you it's all a bed of roses. Uh, it's not. When you can become a Christian, you realize you're standing against something. Uh, you need to get in the flow, let go, and go where that river's gone. You know, I mean, that's, that to me is the peace in my heart. Sometimes people, Christians say to me, you know, I was happy before I became a Christian. I, everything is just, I, I don't know what's going on. That was my experience. Finally on the couch one night, I'm, I, I'm laying there and I'm saying, oh God, I can't do this anymore. Just take my life. And I heard this voice say, now we can do something. What happened is I ran to the end of myself. And he didn't want me the way I was. He wanted me in his hand, relying on him. That was the day that my marriage was healed, my heart was healed, and I said to him and repeated, it's like a uh, revival in my own life because uh, I'd already said to him, everything that I do, I want to bring glory to you. Please don't see me. See him. And so... When I was on that couch, I realized I hadn't really stepped out of the way yet. And when I said, take my life, I meant, I want to see you in glory. I mean, I believed him. I just, I mean, kill me right here on the couch. I'm going to see you then. He didn't want that. He just wanted my flesh out of the way. And so when I came to my own end, I realized that he was there to protect and guard and keep me. And he has done that in ways you cannot imagine. In different countries, uh, I've walked into guerrilla warfare not even knowing they were there, but we were there. I've had my life physically threatened by attempts to kill me in Kenya, in, in Kampala, in, in Rwanda, in Tanzania. Every place I go, there are people who, who are after me for some reason. I thank God because I'm part of the remnant, and I'm creating a problem. I didn't even know that. 
I'm just living in Jesus, you know, and I'm creating a problem. That's what we do. We love Jesus, and he takes care of us. So I see you as a remnant here. You're either a stray thread, you're connected to that remnant. And, re- and God pulls the remnant together. He's the one that brings them together. You may walk through a door like this and say, what am I doing here? These are strange people. I know I did that. I found out the people became common because I got strange too. <laughs> I became one like them. That's important because the friends that you hang with, what kind of remnant are you? You know, I mean, just realize that, that when you become a remnant, your life source is in that remnant because that's where, the, that's where he's feeding us and caring for us and, and taking, taking over supernaturally for us to bring us into another generation. Your, 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 your address is not here. The conclusion is someplace else. And so if we can't bring an authentic message through this remnant into another generation, then I, I, I know that God wants to speak to your heart. You are amazing people. You don't look alike. You don't wear the same kind of clothes. But we all know our identity is in him. And so... May you always know his hand of blessing. And may you hear his voice cry out and say, wake up, because he wants us to wake up. The guys came together in this meeting. Some of them know me. Some did not. Some came. Not what to expect, but I was representing a remnant, actually when I think about it, because I want to see every young man and woman know that they're part of that remnant because God's affirmed them, not because you do. You know, we baptize people and we give them certificates and all the things that we do, and that's all good. That's what, that's what church life is about. But the remnant's life is a little different. We can hand out a certificate as part of the remnant and change people's lives. That's what, that's what we're seeing. So today, I need to stop. I'm going to slow down. There's actually, I think this is the fifth or sixth slide. There's um, 32 slides in this teaching. So have me back. I love you guys. We hope that this message inspired you and filled your heart with faith. If you would like to visit our church, check out www.highcountrychristian.com for service times and location information. Thanks again for listening to this audio presentation from High Country Christian Church, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.